they go, well, we want to have more diversity. So we're going to do, we're going to have blind submissions. I don't want to know who the race is and we're just going to read it. And I said, or you could just hire black people. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, why does this, why do you have, why do white people have to go through all these histrionics just to put black people in the room? I said, you have no problem hiring white people. You could just hire some black people. And I said, I'm going to hire a black woman as the head writing because that's what I want to do. And she's as qualified as anybody else. So, so some of it is intentional like that. Larry cannot predict whether or not the Lakers will win this series against Denver and neither can I. But we do predict um, what is happening in Hollywood when it comes to the writer's strike. And we talk a little bit about some of the amazing black women that he has decided to mentor um, in this edition of Naked. We hope you enjoy. Are you all about the NBA action? You've got to try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code TBE. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Like, will they score more or less than 30 points or have more or less than eight assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code TBE. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nissan has a car for everyone, and that means every driver who wants more. Whatever your more is, more freedom, more head-turning style, more exhilaration, Nissan has it. Get more exhilaration behind the wheel of the Nissan Z, the sports car built to deliver the most thrilling drive ever. Make more moves with the Nissan Rogue that can switch between power and fuel efficiency at the press of a pedal. If you're craving more adventures with your crew, try the Nissan Pathfinder, the vehicle with muscle to help you handle the journey. Want more of a rush with your drive? Zip around in the agile and 
stylish Nissan Sentra. And for the drive that's positively more electric, the Nissan Aria has the perfect combination of raw power and refined luxury. When you want more of what makes driving exciting, from sports cars and sedans to EVs, pickups, and crossovers, you can rely on Nissan. Because more is all we do. Get the endless excitement and more you've been looking for. Check out Nissan's amazing lineup. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. 2023 EPA fuel economy estimates. 30 city MPG, 37 highway MPG, 33 combined MPG for Rogue S and SV front wheel drive. 28 city MPG, 35 highway MPG, 31 combined MPG for Rogue S and SV all wheel drive. 29 city MPG, 36 highway MPG, 32 combined MPG for Rogue SL and platinum front wheel drive. 28 city MPG, 34 highway MPG, 31 combined MPG for Rogue SL and platinum all wheel drive. Actual mileage may vary with driving conditions. Use for comparison only. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. It's the greatest in sports and entertainment connected with us. every champion and carry champions to be a champion. Got a champion and carry champion, that girl you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment connected with Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of Naked. Um, the beauty of doing a podcast as opposed to doing a television show, people often ask, is the differences in the range. Uh, and I can have Kirk Franklin on one week, uh, and then the next week I can have an athlete on, depending on who I want to talk to, or an actor, or in this case, I have all of the above. Uh, I want to be athlete. He'll get a kick out of that. Actor, writer, director, uh, he considers himself more of a writer. Uh, Larry Wilmore has been in the business for years, and and he has been a part of some of the greatest shows that you've probably ever seen. Consulting producer for The Office, that's considered the American version. One of the greats uh, is Insecure. Carrie Washington's new series uh, on Hulu, Reasonable Doubt. Um, Bernie Mac. I mean, you've taken it back to Bernie Mac. He was really integral in Bernie Mac. I can go down a list. He also hosted The Daily Show at one point in his career. Um, the, and he had other shows, his own shows. Uh, he started off as a stand-up comedian or dabbled in that world, which is why he worked with Bernie Mac. And then later found his way to realize that his true love is writing. Now, um, many of you may have heard his name, but are really extremely familiar with him when you see his face. Larry comes across uh, very conservative, real red, very put together and buttoned up. He is none of the above. And that's why anybody who's working with Bernie Mac, I mean, anybody who worked with Bernie Mac cannot be any of those things, right? You have to have range. And he has so much range. Um, and I love working with him and talking to him because he makes me think, in today's podcast, I specifically asked about the writer's strike. If you all have been paying attention, I hope you have. Uh, it's significant. It affects what you watch on TV or, or things that you, you probably all stream now. But what you watch on TV, it affects um, in a much more um, serious way. It affects livelihood. Uh, people are on strike because they want to have uh, their basic needs met. And I didn't really understand the ins and outs. I didn't understand how it all worked. So what I did was ask Larry to explain it to me. Um, and it makes sense. In short, 
the advent of streaming, you know, wherever you watch your favorite programs has changed the way the linear world works. Amazon, Netflix, Hulu has changed the way an ABC, a CBS and an NBC, NBC would work in terms of television series. And he breaks it all down for us. He also gets into the fact that he's mentored some of your favorites in Quinta Brunson and Robin Thede, who has um, Black Lady Sketch Show. Love her. And then and then we just talk about the Lakers because we're diehard Lakers fans. That's where we truly bond. And he told me to get some ginger ale. He told me to get my act together. I'm like, well, excuse you, Larry. Rudy. Not surprised, though. I love it. Uh, with that being said, I hope this this podcast educates and entertains. But pay pay attention to what he says about the writer's strike. I know that many of you think if I don't live in Hollywood or I don't write, it doesn't affect me. Um, but it does. It really does. It affects our economy overall. Uh, with that being said, welcome the great Larry Wilmore to the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast this week. I've been doing good season three. Uh, I'm grateful that a friend, I call him a friend. I don't know if he considers me someone that is his friend. Hopefully he does. <laughs> uh, Larry Wilmore joins us. The great Larry Wilmore, a writer, comedian, director, genius. I'm adding titles, actor, um, philosopher, philanthropist, father. Oh, okay. have I? All around great man. Hi. Oh, am I forgetting hey, a Carrie. title? Am I forgetting? Am I forgetting I a think, title? I think friend is very nice, though. I think friend is an undervalued word, don't you think, Carrie? I, I friend think is a great word, right? Yeah. I think that we don't have enough friends in this business, and I consider I you agree. one because you're always there in my world, and I appreciate you Oh, so much. I appreciate it. I feel the same way about you. I'm, I'm honored to have you as a friend. It's great. It's great to have friends that are, you know, you can root for, they're doing interesting things, you know, but at the heart of it, you know, there's a real person there you can have a real conversation with in the trenches, especially, right? Yes. And you make me think, which is why I needed you on this podcast. Um, you're, <laughs> you, you make me think you, and I, sometimes I can just, I can go to robot mode. I know as of lately, there's something big happening in LA. Well, not just in oh. LA, but it's affecting everyone. Uh, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is because I have so many different friends who are in the the world of, of Hollywood, if you will, show business. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about this writer's strike. Can you summarize what's happening and your participation in it? Um, well, the writers um, uh, negotiate with what's called the AMPTP. It's a group of lawyers that represents the companies that um, are like Disney or Warner Brothers or NBC and all that. Uh, a group of lawyers called the AMPTP um, uh, represent them and they negotiate with the Writers Guild and all the other guilds about for the contracts which lasts every three years. Um, so there are usually the things that we fight for uh, in the Writers Guild. I'm in several guilds, but the Writers Guild, I probably identify with the most. I was on the board of directors for them back in between 04 and 06. And I was on the negotiating committee during 07 when we had the last, last strike. So I've been in these meetings with them and everything. And the thing you're fighting for and negotiating for are the terms of the minimum basic agreement. So you're always fighting for the rights of the writers who really are your lower rung, your, you know, you're fighting for basic rights, things like healthcare, basic agreements, um, making sure writers are treated fairly. It's all those basic things that you're fighting. You're not fighting for Shonda Rhimes' salary, you know, <laughs> that type of thing, you know. And many times what happens is, you get what are called rollbacks where they don't want to give you things to uh, 
have the writers going forward in a line, they're going backwards, you know, so rights get taken away and things like that. And the big issues that are really important right now, um, some are kind of existential, uh, such as uh, artificial intelligence. You know, this has opened up a whole Pandora's box, Carrie. And to be honest, Carrie, you really can't negotiate in good faith on this yet. You kind of have to agree almost to like, look, let's not, I don't know if I can cuss in this, but say, let's not fuck with this. You can. You know? You can. Okay. <laughs> you know, you almost have to say those words, you know, let's, let's, let's not fuck with this right now, but let's agree that we're not going to use this to replace writers or whatever, you know, and we're not even, a, they're not even willing to agree with a basic, like a uh, detente, <laughs> you know, if you will, on that front, which is crazy, you know. There are the, uh, there's some issues where they're trying to make writers into like gig workers where they're like daily have daily fees and things like that, which is ridiculous, you know, and taking away a writer's ability to just be a middle class working writer, just be in the middle mm-hmm. class, you know, mm-hmm. uh, some of it has to do with writers rooms. The biggest disruptor of the writing business has been the streaming platforms, which is so different from network television. And for those of you not familiar with all this, the, let me tell you the basic differences in network television, you would make like 22 episodes of a show and you had um, reruns that ran in prime time and writers could make a pretty good living even at the lowest rung because they had so many episodes and your writers who had no experience might get a chance like your staff writer to even write one of those episodes because there were just so many now and and if you let's say you didn't get a job the next two years which happens a lot in our business the money you made from the residuals and the replay could help you during those two years that drop so many times in writing and in acting in showbiz, what happens, Gary, for a lot of your audience that don't know is you might have two really good years and then three like dry years, you know, like where nothing's going on. And those two good years are protecting those three dry years. So those that's why some of these agreements are so important and some of them are hard to relate to. Streaming has turned that upside down because a lot of the fees went down in streaming as opposed to network fees. And you're doing maybe eight to 10 episodes instead of 22. So you're losing money in two ways. A third way is there's no such thing as residuals because there's no reruns in streaming. So you're losing money in three ways. So your writers at the bottom are really finding it harder and harder to actually make a living writing, you know? And so a lot of the fights are in these areas. That That's where most of the fights are for the people that are familiar with some of it. So I hope that explains well, some of it. It does explain it. So streaming has disrupted the mm-hmm. the way in which your 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 traditional writer, uh, for lack of a better term, um, can make a living. Correct. How do you negotiate with streaming? Well, you have you have to like guarantee um, larger upfront money because before upfront money was lower because they said, "Hey guys, this is a new platform. We don't we're not making any money. We don't know what it is. We have to pay you less right now." But don't worry, we'll talk about it later. Then later comes, uh, we agreed to this lower amount. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. some gangsters like you're working with sometimes, you know, some of these issues. So certainly you have to raise the upfront money. You have to have more uh, transparency in streaming because in regular television, you have ratings, which everybody can see. It's public information. In streaming, they have their own metrics that they don't let you see. So there's no transparency. So there's no way to know whether a show is it's doing well or it's not doing well. You have to kind of take their word for it, you know. So even in terms of fees and being able to 
give people raises and things like that. It's all nebulous, you know, so you have to have guarantees. I'm curious about that. I obviously have a show on Amazon and they're very, they don't release ratings and numbers or any Uh of those things. And obviously that works to their benefit and they can say, I've been reading about this too in Hollywood. Why is it okay for streaming because it's such a new frontier to decide whether or not they release ratings or is there no such really rating scale for to. streaming? Yeah. Why? They just don't, they don't have to. That's the business model. No one, there's no rule that says they do, you know, that rule just doesn't exist. So the, the way that it works, and a friend of mine told me this, and it's so true. Whenever you have a show on streaming, and this works for almost any platform, I don't know if it, if it uh, pertains to your show, but it might. So just look out for this, Carrie. Here's what they do. Okay. So you, you do a show in your first season and you're hoping to get a second season pickup, right? And you say, are we going to get a second season? You know, first you say, well, how did our show do? And they go, well, it did good. It did good. And then they go, you know, not as good as we would have, we would have liked, we would have hoped. Correct. You know, and you're it. like, well, what does and that mean? Go, yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Excellent follow up question. question. What does that mean? And they go, (laughs) they can't tell you. They go, well, you know, in our metrics, we have our metrics. Well, what are those metrics? Can I see them? Oh, no, we can't share them with you. Well, nigga, how am I supposed to know that you're telling me the truth? (laughs) 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 So, it's so what happens is you wait for a pickup and you don't, you have no leverage. You know, you can't, you have absolutely no leverage because you don't even show it. And then they come back to you and say, okay, so we've decided to pick you up, but here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to, just going to have to give you a tighter yeah. budget. You know, we can't give you as yeah. much money as last year, but, you know, we expect you to do the same show and even better with less money. Yeah. But that's the, not almost fair. Almost every show goes through that exact same thing. It's not fair, Larry. It's not fair at all, is it? That's the bit. That's what Life isn't doing. fair. The, yeah, life isn't nope. fair. Tis not. So how do you... How long do you see this writer's strike playing out? And I've seen, like, it's a very serious thing. It's like, if you cross, mm-hmm. like, this could affect people's career. Like, if someone crosses the the the, the picket line, is that how you refer mm-hmm. to it? Sure, absolutely. If well, here's the thing. remember you and won't work for you again, right? Or tell me that. Well, you don't want to get, you know, into that type of thing. You know, that's just nasty business. Um, but here's, here's the thing, Gary, is that all... The three big unions are all having their uh, agreements ending at approximately the same time. So the companies are now talking to the director's guild whose agreement is ending, I think, at either at the end of this month or middle of June, something like that. And then SAG after the actors union, their agreement ends at the end of June. So they're not in a hurry to get back into the room to talk to writers, right? You know, they want to talk with the directors who the directors union is usually a lot more friendly and simpatico with the AMPTP actors. You don't know what they're going to do because we know they're crazy. Mercurial. <laughs> Talent is mercurial. They're insane. They're just, yeah. Choose whatever word you want, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm in SAG after, so I could say this. Same, same. I'm but, saying uh, we're crazy oh, yeah. people. Go on. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why I identify <laughs> with the writers. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> So they're going to, I'm sure they're going to go into those negotiations first. So we're looking at July. I mean, that's a long time. And a lot of people are affected during these types of actions. I don't like striking at all. Um, So many jobs that aren't writer's jobs are affected. 
you know, mm. uh, and even ancillary jobs that are in the cities where a lot of production is done. You know, you're, everything from coffee shops to, you know, I'll, you know, food restaurants or whatever. So. Not so what do people how do they make their living in the meantime? Um, there are people who will have to cross the picket lines, right? There are people who have to go back to work, even if the, if they, wait, I'm asking, I don't know. No, that usually doesn't happen. Um, the, because the companies for the most part won't try to produce the same shows. What happens is they usually get replaced with reality shows where oh, they're maybe oh, not oh. guild covered. And like in the Reese, the last strike, more shows like, you know, The Voice and or America's Got Talent, those shows start rising up and you get more of that. In fact, in there was a, the the strike in there was a strike in 1988. The last two strikes are 2007, 1988. Those are the last couple of strikes. Um, and in 1988, right after that, like the show Cops came around, you know. Oh, uh, that's why Cops was on Fox because of the strike. Basically, they wanted to put on a show where, you know, wasn't WGA and other, and it turned out to be a huge thing. And then, so you always have this proliferation of these reality type shows, you know, whenever there's a strike, you know, when they don't have shows where they don't have to uh, deal with the guild. I see. Okay, that makes perfect sense then. I get it. I get it. Okay. So with that being said, I think of shows that I enjoy, and this leads me into my next oh. transition of who um, you've, every show that I love or have loved, you've had your fingerprint on it um, in some form or fashion, whether you produce, write, direct, consulting, uh, I can go down the list. The Office. Um, I can uh, the show most recently, Reasonable Doubt. Uh, Kerry Washington's drama on Hulu. Issa Rae's show, um, Insecure. Like you've been consulting, and 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 in a lot of ways, uh-huh. you have given life to some of the new young black women that are very talented in a Quinta or a Robin. Talk to me about. Um, is it intentional that you mentor them or you just find talent and say, I want to help execute it. I want to help be a part of this. Uh, um, I guess it's kind of, I don't know if it's intentional that specific as opposed to in the general, like as something that I enjoy doing, but like I'm trying to put on good television and I like good collaborations and I'm very conscious of the fact that we don't always get the opportunities that other people get. So I'll, I, you know, that talent first, you know, uh, to try to make a difference in that way. I've always said, I don't mind opening the door. And as long as it's open, I'll put my foot in and say, come on, y'all come on through, come on through, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. when I started, you know, some people did that for me and they weren't, the opportunities can be, can go away so fast, you know, uh, right now we're in a time where there's a lot of content possibilities. So the opportunities for people of color and women, all that stuff is much greater, but man, there were periods when I was working where there just weren't that many opportunities. And I realized that if I was in a position to actually hire people, I could make a difference and not be waiting for somebody else to do it is really what it came down to, you know? And so even on the Bernie Mac show back in 2001, 2002, Black female directors, you know, in single camera, you know, nobody was hiring them, you know, like, like Gina, I saw her, they, they, uh, Gina Blackfoot, I saw her on the picket lines, you know, it was like, Yay! <laughs> you know, <laughs> we worked together years ago, you know, people like that. Um, um, 
But that was me just viewing the landscape and saying, feeling like we can do better, but one of the ways we can do better is helping each other, pulling each other up was kind of how I viewed it. So I really don't think about it that much. It, it was kind of like something I thought about a long time ago, and it just becomes kind of natural, I guess, in that sense. You know, like on the nightly show, my late night show, um, I hired Robin Thede as the head writer. Now, black woman had never been a head writer of a late night show and everything. And many times what people do is they go, well, we want to have more diversity. So what we're going to do, we're going to have blind submissions. I don't want to know who the race is, and we're just going to read it and mess it. Or you could just hire black people. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was like, Shocking. why does this, why do you have, why do white people have to go through all these histrionics just to put black people in the room? I said, you have no problem hiring white people. Yeah. You could just hire some black people. And I said, I'm Real going simple. to hire a black woman as the head writer because that's what I want to do. And she's as qualified as anybody else. So, mm-hmm. so some of it is intentional like that, you know, working with, you know, Quinta, we actually found on the nightly show. She actually came in there first. And mm-hmm. I just saw how talented she was. And uh, when I, I was with uh, Disney after that, you know, she was one of the people I called in and said, hey, what do you want to do? Let's try to do something. And we developed a show for CBS that didn't go. But during that process, you know, uh, one thing I, I, I empowered her because she had never had experience, but I gave her, not I said I gave her, but they asked for my permission if she could. Uh, could get like the executive producer credit, which they don't give to people for their first start. And I said, of course you should get it. And she should share with me and Jermaine Fowler who were doing it. I didn't feel it was fair for her to get something less because it wouldn't have felt equal because we were all, you know, creating this show. And by empowering her, I think in that situation, you know, she really gave herself in a way that I think really allowed her to probably even be more creative. You know, this um, it was kind of, it was a show about this uh, two best friends, Jermaine and Quinta. The show was called Quinta and Jermaine, actually. And uh, they're <laughs> just friends. One night they thought, what would happen if we just, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, just one night. I mean, we're best friends. We don't want to mess that up. But what if we regretted that we never did? So one night they do it. And then they, after that, they go, you know, let's just stay friends. We're right to stay friends. But she ends up getting pregnant and it changes the whole dynamic, you know. And we thought that was a fascinating, interesting story to tell. It's kind of. And Jermaine and Quinta actually added a lot of personal things to it. And uh, and she was very honest in how she wanted to approach it. The show didn't go. But that experience of working with her was, you know, it was great for me, too, of seeing her come out like that. And uh, she kind of commented on that, I think, when she won the Emmy of how, you know, how much that really helped her to put herself on the page, I guess, is the best way to put it. So to answer the first question, I enjoy it. You know, it's fun, you know, doing that kind of thing. Yeah. And why not? Nobody else is going to do it. We got to do it for ourselves. Okay, who are you telling? Who are you telling? Are you speaking preaching to the choir? <laughs> I already know. That's why I'm on the Karen I, Tapping show. Right? Hello, you doing favors. You got to make sure uh-huh. we lift each other up. As we... I'm not doing favors. <laughs> okay, you know what time it is. Fast forward if you need to, but I have to pay all of my bills. I say that every time. So that's about three minutes of commercial breaks. Please be patient and come back. Larry Wilmore is dropping knowledge every champion and carry champions to be a champion a champion and carry champion and carry champion a champion and carry champion and carry champion greatest greatest in sports and entertainment connected with state farm insurance gets it representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity state farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future 
building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nissan has a car for everyone, and that means every driver who wants more. Whatever your more is, more freedom, more head-turning style, more exhilaration, Nissan has it. Get more exhilaration behind the wheel of the Nissan Z, the sports car built to deliver the most thrilling drive ever. Make more moves with the Nissan Rogue that can switch between power and fuel efficiency at the press of a pedal. If you're craving more adventure with your crew, try the Nissan Pathfinder, the vehicle with a muscle to help you handle the journey. Want more of a rush with your drive? Drive, zip around in the agile and stylish Nissan Sentra. And for a drive that's positively more electric, the Nissan Aria has the perfect combination of raw power and refined luxury. When you want more of what makes driving exciting, from sports cars and sedans to EVs, pickups, and crossovers, you can rely on Nissan because more is all we do. Get the endless excitement and the more you've been looking for. Check out Nissan's amazing lineup. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. 2023 EPA Fuel Economy Estimate. 30 city MPG, 37 highway MPG, 33 combined MPG for Rogue S and SV front wheel drive, 28 city MPG, 35 highway MPG, 31 combined MPG for Rogue S and SV all wheel drive, 29 city MPG, 36 highway MPG, 32 combined MPG for Rogue SL and Platinum front wheel drive, 28 city MPG, 34 highway MPG, 31 combined MPG for Rogue SL and Platinum all wheel drive. Actual mileage may vary with driving conditions. Use for comparison only. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion. They girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment. Get naked with Thank you guys for uh, dealing with those commercials. I appreciate you so much. Now, Larry Wilmore talks about all things, including whether or not my Lakers get it done. He's not very hopeful. At least he's honest. 
Uh, but we shall see. Enjoy Naked. I think of of how you have shepherded or have touched or have been a part of uh, so many careers and uh, so many lives of, of, of young Black women who are trying to make it. And I think it's very, very intentional and it's encouraging without the creepy. You know what I mean? Get the to get that. We, so you know, we don't get to get that. Like sometimes we don't, you know, sure, you, you want to be able to be yeah. creative and you want to be free without the other things that come with it. When I think of right. um, all the projects no, that you, you know what I'm talking about? You know, it just, it's just a part of being a woman in this world. I don't Absolutely. care what you look like, how tall you are, how short you are. How, uh, it does not matter. It's just some, at one point no, you're in time absolutely in your career, right. You have to say, I don't want to fucking flirt with you, sir. I don't want to. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Stop it. You know what I mean? Or let me let it be reciprocal. You know what I mean? Like what, just it can. Can I just be smart for right now? Um, mm-hmm. With that being said, mm-hmm. this is what I am looking forward to. Smart. Uh, you have this great podcast, Black on Air, that I love. Um, and every time oh. I'm on it, you make me um, feel like I have to think uh, uh, several different layers deeper than what I normally would. Um, and I think the last debate, I forget, oh, it was about LeBron and mm. whether or not he had a point to talk about, why don't you guys ask me about Jerry Jones? Um, and mm. this is where we transition into sports because cerebrally, I would love to talk to you about our team, but some things sure. for these topics um, have really, and, and and I'm also, I also know that some of these topics can end up on TV shows, right? Like all mm-hmm. the time. And I, I think of John ja Morant, mm-hmm. and this is the second time in two months John ja Morant was on social media with well. a gun. And in my mind, I, everyone, I'm like, well, I ask you this. If he was a gun enthusiast and he collected guns, pistols, guns, rifles, all mm-hmm. sorts of guns, and he displayed them on social media as a proud collection, embossed in a case, uh, and he could give you the history of it, would we view his, he, he, him and guns differently uh, as opposed to what, mm-hmm. how we view him now? I wonder your well, thoughts. Yeah, I, it's a great question. And yeah, because they're like, are they taking away his Second Amendment rights? Is he not allowed to have a gun because he's black? What's going on? Is it the image that he's presenting? Like, what is the actual objection? Is it just the gun itself? Um, if he presented it like that, as you say, as a gun enthusiast, as opposed to, you know, basically saying, yeah, nigga, you come up on me, you're going to get popped, you know, which is basically kind of how he's displaying it, which maybe they're arguing this is not the right image that we want presented in the NBA or whatever. But I think just having a gun, I don't know why there should be anything wrong with just having a gun. Um, That, to me, is ridiculous. You know, like if... So why is the perception of him waving it with his friends listening to music such a problem? I think it's a great question. I think maybe it's because of of what is being implied. Um, I was talking about this in my pod not long ago. You talked about my pod. I said, many times people just focus on the truth of something, you know. But a lot of times, even though something can be true, it's advertising something else, you know. So you can't just ask whether something is true or whether it's valid. You also have to ask, what is it advertising? You know, what is the implication here? You know, um, is he advertising gun safety? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I think he's advertising the opposite of that. You know, so so you have. What if to he was listening at- to what? What if he was listening to country music and waving it around? 
Right. Well, you still have to say, what is, what is he advertising that country music? Is he advertising, I'm shooting my wife because she lied on me and my best friend, you know, but <laughs> I think it's still, you're not advertising a good message there, you know. Um, I think that's the part that we never get clarity around. I think people have less clarity on that than they focus on on the micro of whether mm. an act is valid or not or whatever, you know. Um, so I think you have to break it down in that way. Now, having said that, you know, NBA, they'll decide what they want to do with this for whatever rules they want. You know, he could argue, hey, I'm a private citizen. I The season's over for me. I can have a gun if I want to. And we can see where that lands, you know. And I think there's there's validity on both sides. But if I was arguing, if I was the NBA, I would make the argument about what are you advertising, you know. What is the what's the message you're sending out? Are you saying, hey, guys, I'm a gun enthusiast and I'm going to show you how to clean this gun or you need to protect yourself. Or are you advertising, hey, niggas, you know, some nigga come up on you. You just better be ready. You know, <laughs> you, can have, you know what I mean? It's like, what are you advertising? I mean, what are you advertising gang culture, you know, or this sort of culture? Are, are these NBA? Are these? Questions like, that like we the would NBA ask. maybe doesn't want to be associated with that type of of culture, and now some people may say, "Wait, what are you okay. saying? Black culture?" Mm, no, that's no, what no. I'm. That's we're what saying, I'm asking. We're saying, are you saying we're saying gang culture? All right, violence. Now, if somebody, if a white person had a gun and was wearing like a a Proud Boys thing, it was a, a January Six type of thing. Oh, of I don't course, think the NBA would be happy about that. Right in that context. Okay. What what is a a punishment? Well, Gary, I'm not Gary, Let, let me ask you this though. Here's the big question though. Knowing that he lost almost forty million dollars because he wasn't on an all star team, you know, based on this incident. What goes through the mind of somebody who does this again and has all this at stake? If if I called you, Carrie, and I said, Carrie. I want to give you $40 million, but here's a caveat. And I, I, I'm sorry about this, Carrie. I know this is going to be tough. You can't wave yeah. a gun on Instagram live. I don't know oh. if you can do that, Carrie. Oh. I don't know if you can pull that off, <laughs> but that's, that's all I'll get it. But I really want to give you $40 million, but I'm just going to have you know, to see in the next week. Carrie, just a week. All I'm saying is a week. Uh, don't I don't go know. Instagram I don't know. I need, exactly. I need my gun and I need Instagram live. No, you're right. Okay. So here's the thing. He's not a serious person. And I say that as a joke because right. you can't be serious when you have a 200 million plus a dollar contract coming your way and you cannot find some way to get off of Instagram live with a gun. And who, again, the question goes, who are your friends who feel like is this is a, and why do you need a gun? So my hero, it's not so much even this instant. It's this instance. It's the series of instances. We hear you beat up a 17-year-old kid and you punched him. We hear you um, went up to the mall uh, to a sporting goods store because they were giving your mother or someone in your family a hard time and you and your friends, your posse went up there to handle it. We, these are all things that are documented incidents that have happened. Um, friends of yours have pointed laser guns at people's heads. I, it's, it's just a series of things that say where there's smoke, there's fire. For whatever reasons, you 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 want to play a gangster. So I don't think uh, when we ask the question, what's he advertising? It's been clear and he's been advertising it intentionally. But what do you do when you're talented? Because talent really, for lack of a better word, trumps all. They will keep him. 
They will give him a max contract. They allegedly tried to get him help. What do you do in this scenario when you have this star? Um, a couple of things. I, you know, because I'm a little contrary, as you know that, you know. Okay. Um, I will argue that I don't think talent trumps all. I will make the distinction and say that winning trumps all. You know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I'll make that distinction because we've okay, seen talented people, right, who go down, but winning is different. Remember when, you know, when Kobe had the thing happen in Colorado? No, I, was, I was thinking the same thing. He was in, in a championship run during that time, you know, um, and he even he even said winning takes care of everything, which is a very controversial statement at the time. But, he, you know, it wasn't wrong as Mm-mm. Controversial as it was, but he didn't say talent takes care of everything. He said winning, you know. Winning and solves all. So if John Moran had two championships behind him, this might be different than John Moran, who's never even been to the finals. So mm. because we have seen talented people, Gilbert Arenas, remember he lost the whole season because mm-hmm. yet again, have I mean he was Steph Curry of his day in terms of his uh-huh. range and everything, you know. Um. There have been many players who have been very talented in the NBA. What's his name? I can't. Uh, well, there were a couple of people. Remember Craig Hodges, how great of a shooter he was, or, or uh, um, what's his name, who was doing the protests and everything. Um, talent is, everybody's talented in the NBA. <laughs> you know? Right. But, but if you can't win, winning, yeah. You ain't got no leverage. My question is this with him, Carrie, is where's his father, you know? His father's on the sidelines of all these shows, you know, he's puffing up against Shannon Sharp and everything. Why is he not puffing up like that against his son? You know, what is he doesn't he comes from a middle class two family two parent household. You know, he didn't grow mm-hmm. up on the streets. He didn't mm-hmm. grow up, you know, he grew up in a privileged situation for mm-hmm. as far as a lot of people and a lot of people play in the NBA at different situations. Look at Jimmy Butler was an orphan for Christ's sakes. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was pushed on the streets by his mother. You know, mm-hmm. luckily he was raised by this family. He's a model citizen in the NBA, you know. Jimmy Butler, you know, if anybody had any right to be angry or, you know, to be, you know, posing or whatever, not that type of thing. Of course, as you say, too, he's not a silly person either. He's more of a serious mm-hmm. person. So this thing that he's doing is so silly, and I don't know why his mm-hmm. father hasn't stepped in and taken that gun away or, you know, demanded that he change this or isolate him or do whatever, maybe because he's on the gravy train. Because the other thing, winning and then the money is a big problem too. People get on that payroll, whether it's family members or not, and nobody's mm-hmm. trying to rock that boat, right? Mm-hmm, we don't mess that up. I don't want to mess up my money. No, I I don't know. They're not trying to put a hole in that bag, right? They are not trying <laughs> yeah, to put a no. hole in that bag. However, <laughs> however, at the same turn, they're missing out on what could be, right? Yeah, what else exactly. could there be? Like, exactly. I always use this instance. Like, I don't, I use this example because I'm a diehard Oprah enthusiast and, I, and a fan. And when I met her, I know people say whatever. I love her so much. She can do no wrong. She walks on water. And I, mm-hmm. I want to keep it that way. But when I, I met her, I always think of this story that she told on her show of how her sister, when she first started to make it, sold the story to the National Enquirer that she was pregnant at 14. Her sister uh-huh. sold the story for maybe forty or $60,000. And this was uh-huh. early on in the Oprah show. And she goes, if that's all it took to get her out of my life, I'm okay with that. 
And here she is, fast forward years later. You think sister would have thought Oprah's about to be a billionaire? You know what you really missed out on by selling that ridiculous story? Point being is that if you really can't grab a hold of him now, and he's one of the, he's a superstar in the league and his future is so bright if he starts to win, there's so much more there, not even just the money aspect of it, but there's so much more there for that family. And I don't see anybody thinking bigger picture here. I don't see anybody mm-hmm. thinking of what could be. Um, because to your point, talent does not trump all. Winning does, and you haven't done that yet. So if you put yourself in a position where people can't depend on you to win because you're too busy playing a gangster, then it looks as if there are a few people who are going to want to start investing in you in a real way. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like, what's the guy's name? Play for Tampa. White receiver took a shirt off when he left the game. Oh, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. I mean, how much talent did AB have? You know, and he just ruined every opportunity. So talented. You know, he could, you know, him at 70% was still better than most people in the league, you know, and he just squandered it all, just threw it all away. And people, after a while, they really didn't care how talented he was. They really didn't care. You know, Tom Brady gave him another chance. No one wanted him. He said, I'll take him. And then he like the great Tom Brady. I I just I mean, but he's clearly unwell. Okay, speaking of unwell, I was unwell um, at the thought that the Lakers might lose to the Warriors. And I just want to say our team, our Laker team looked phenomenal. I mean, yeah. Okay. yes, yes, we could do a dance. We could do a dance on that. And and uh, um. I had Mike Trudell on my show today and I said, Mike, I said, I'm a little nervous. How durable is AD? Mike yelled at me. He goes, enough, enough with this AD storyline. I have been a Lakers reporter for however many years, better part of 15 years, and AD's not getting the respect that he deserves. He is defensively the best there is. He had, he had, he gave Memphis fits. He gave the Warriors fits. And that is why we won. This durable and he's weak is a is not true. As a fan like I am, what do you feel about AD? Uh, I think AD has been unfairly characterized as, as the type of player that he is. People, I think, always looked at him as kind of like Shaq as this offensive force, but you know he's more of a defensive force. Even at when he was at Kentucky. You know, he was a defensive phenomenon more than an offense. I think, I don't think he's as comfortable identity-wise offense as he is defense. And you can tell by his how aggressive he is. On offense, when he's in the right frame of mind, he's more aggressive. But he's not like that all the time. Defense, he's always aggressive. Like, I think his identity is more comfortable as a as a defensive stopper. That's why you can win with AD scoring 15 and getting 20 rebounds. He doesn't. Mm. People always say AD's got to get thirty-five points for the Lakers to win. No, he don't. He got to get if he's getting four blocks and nineteen rebounds. I don't care how many points he makes. You know, <laughs> it's like his defensive presence is his identity. His scoring is a bonus round, as far as I'm concerned. You know, but the Lakers don't necessarily win if AD scores thirty-five points. That's not necessarily true. With some teams, that's true, but not necessarily with AD. It's really the complete game. It's how much is he's really. Um, upsetting the rhythm of that other team, whether it's Steph trying to make layups over him or whoever, you know, um, that's to me is, is AD's biggest value to a champion. We're talking about championship team. You know, we're not just talking about what can he do in the court. Of course, he's capable of scoring 40 or 50. We know that. 
But what's his real value? His real value is disrupting that other team and being a force in there that the team always has to think about. On offense, I don't care. If AD, I, I only care what AD does rebounding and black shots. On offense, that's why we got 12 other players, you know, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so. No, I'm in agreement with you. I'm sorry. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like go ahead, preach, preach, preach. That's, I'm coming to the. I'm coming value, to that realization. You know? Okay, okay, okay. Because yeah, people All right, say, Larry. Oh, he was, he was up and down. AD was up and down. I'm go. Well, who won those games though? Look at the other <laughs> stats. Because maybe they lost that one, but the other ones win, win, win. So you're saying he's down, but I'm sorry. There's a W in that column. That's what you need to be looking at. Lakers take on the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. I believe whatever team advances will be the winner in the finals, Ooh. ultimately. That's what oh, I do oh. believe. I do believe the way that they, the Denver's currently constructed and the way that um, Miami is, well, well, I don't know. I think that if Denver meets Boston, Boston might give them a run, but there's no answer for Jokic. The only answer that I see for Jokic is someone by the name of AD. And to your point, they have to make some adjustments defensively because he can't just let Jokic score. He Jokic doesn't play defense. He can't just let him score. So we have to see how this first series plays out. What are you? What, your predictions for the Western Conference Finals? Okay, so this is going to be a tough series because you're right. Joker is no joke. You know, uh, <laughs> right? He is no joke. Um, I agree. All the accolades people say about him, you know, still really don't do justice how hard he is just to stop, you know. To me, the what really helped us in the bubble, isn't this interesting that we have the same bubble teams right mm-hmm, now, you know, mm-hmm, in 20 years, mm-hmm, kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But what really helped us in that was a couple of their players were injured, you know, that type of thing. But we got the Joker in foul trouble because remember we had Dwight Howard and we had, uh, what's his name? I always forget people's name. You know, we had those two other bigs. Um, I forget too. Who... Who could bang? You know, he played with the Warriors, played with us. He's in Dallas or played somewhere. I always forget his name. Or he played things for a while. But, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But you'll look at that and go, oh, yeah, how can I forget his name? You know? Easy. Because <laughs> we have short two, two bigs. Right, yeah. I know. But we, we got Joker in foul trouble during a lot of that series, you know? Like, I wish we had Mo Bamba playing right now, mm. you know, who could get in there and be a body. You know, because we need a body on Jokic. Because if AD is guarding Jokic, AD might get in foul trouble. And that's going to be very difficult for the Lakers, you know. So we don't have a size advantage with them the way we've had in these other series. So that's going to be the toughest thing. Um, also, Denver's uh, other players are really formidable. You know, when you look at uh, Jamal Murray's you know, a beast. wing players. Uh, they have really good Jr. players. I mean, uh, Aaron Gordon, they like they played with us. Yes. Aaron Gordon, yes, yes, yes. Maybe the fourth best player in the team at this point, you know. So, yeah. and he can, you know, get nasty at any time. Denver's got a lot of people you got to pay attention to. Um, the Lakers, we have some players like that, but ours are a little streakier. I don't know if we can count on them. Uh day-to-day the way Denver, I think, can count on their players day-to-day. I think that's the big difference. So, can the Lakers get hot when it matters? Here's when the Lakers need to get hot. First game in Denver, uh, the two games in L.A., 
And then LeBron and AD need to just control the series after that. You know, even in a loss, they just need to be, you know, controlling that series. But that's when we need our other players. Those three yeah, games, we need our players to stand yes. up. Yeah. Yes. First, yes. first third Steal and a fourth game. games. Yeah, steal, steal a game. Take it. Steal a game in Denver. Like my, you just got to steal it. You got to take that, take, take that, it. Diddy style. Take it, take it, take it, take Lock it, Diddy in. style. It. Yeah. We take both at home, and then it goes back to the one-one-one format, which will be in our favor, and that's fine. We will got it. You know what I mean? So let me go just, back to who you're referring one of those. to. We just got to win. Did one we just of need those. one? Yeah, we just need one. Um, they had KCP, Alex Crusoe, Rondo, Dwight Howard, Jared Dudley. Oh, Markeith Morris. Was that who you referring to in the bubble? Bubble. No, no, Danny Green. Nope. Uh, PJ Tucker. Nope. Uh, J.R. Smith. Nope. Giannis's brother. I can't. Costas Antetokounmpo. Nope. Dion nope. Waiters. No. Nope. Who are you referring to? Kyle Kuzma? KCP? Nope. No. Nope. Who are you referring to? No, no. Big man. I don't know. Let's uh, see. Let me look. Big man here. Look, I'm just now I'm back into it. I'm all like, who? Who? Big man. Say again? Besi- besides. Everybody? I did. Well, I just the main roster that they showed us. Okay. So look. We had, uh, I'm talking about the people who played. Clearly, there were a lot mm-hmm. more. We had Quinn. Mm-hmm. We had Quinn Cook. We mm-hmm. had Alex Caruso, who was this oh, Demarcus Cousins. This is the bubble. Yeah, yeah. Demarcus, no, Demarcus Cousins was injured, so he didn't play. Yeah, so he wasn't playing. Um, I'm going down the list here. Who played Quinn, for Golden State, and he played for the Lakers. Big man. Oh, Javale McGee. Is that who you're referring McGee. to? Yeah, Javale McGee. Okay, Javale yeah, McGee. Okay, I got yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. And even Dennis Schroeder, little self, was on there. Okay, um, okay. I just, it's a good, it's a good little refresher. Good little refresher for us both. Right. Um, now, as I wrap, because you are saying the Lakers will win the series. Well, I, I cannot predict the Lakers win on this one. I, I said confidently I know, they would beat the Warriors. I, I can't predict it against Denver. Denver, Denver's the number one seed. You know. I we did it before. We did. We did it before. We did it before. But they're better this time out. You know, um, I would say, I, I said what the blueprint is. The problem is here's the biggest problem, Karen. Game five and seven. If it goes seven games, that is in mile high. <laughs> Denver. That's not that's not in our favor. If it goes that seven games, not it's not favor. in our favor. LeBron okay, no. is gonna be wasted in that seventh game. He's gonna be wasted. Let's be honest we're about try- that. We're just trying to protect LeBron and his feet at this point. We that's all we care young about. Legs. Young <laughs> legs. Young legs as much as possible. So yeah, I hope yeah. they win. Look, I'll put it like this. If we beat Denver, rings. That's a wrap. It's Start getting fitted rings, for your ring. For your ring. Ring, ring. Bring me my ring. Your ring. Okay. Okay. All right. But you're not ready to give it to. You're like me. I'm on the fence. I'm not ready because I, I wouldn't be. A, I can't. I wouldn't be a realist. I, that would mean I've exactly. watched no basketball. So I can't keep do that. Keep it real first, Gary. We got to keep yeah. it real first. real first. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment. Connected with State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. 
State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbroke, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nissan has a car for everyone, and that means every driver who wants more. Whatever your more is, more freedom, more head-turning style, more exhilaration, Nissan has it. Get more exhilaration behind the wheel of the Nissan Z, the sports car built to deliver the most thrilling drive ever. Make more moves with the Nissan Rogue that can switch between power and fuel efficiency at the press of a pedal. If you're craving more adventures with your crew, try the Nissan Pathfinder, the vehicle with muscle to help you handle the journey. Want more of a rush with your drive? Zip around in the agile and stylish Nissan Sentra. And for the drive that's positively more electric, the Nissan Aria has the perfect combination of raw power and refined luxury. When you want more of what makes driving exciting, from sports cars and sedans to EVs, pickups, and crossovers, you can rely on Nissan because more is all we do. Get the endless excitement and more you've been looking for. Check out Nissan's amazing lineup. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. 2023 EPA fuel economy estimates. 30 city MPG, 37 highway MPG, 33 combined MPG for Rogue S and SV front wheel drive. 28 city MPG, 35 highway MPG, 31 combined MPG for Rogue S and SV all wheel drive. 29 city MPG, 36 highway MPG, 32 combined MPG for Rogue SL and platinum front wheel drive. 28 city MPG, 34 highway MPG. 31 combined MPG for Rogue SL and Platinum all-wheel drive. Actual mileage may vary with driving conditions. Use for comparison only. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex... Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion. That girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment. Get naked with Okay, so uh, speaking of Keep It Real, I know in 2023 we announced, we as in you and I got together and announced your new TV show that's coming out lately. Congratulations, yeah. we announced it together. Well, um, no, it's, it's not at that point. So, a lot. I know, so you're, a, it's, you're in development. It's in development. Now. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So, the question is, when can we see you back in TV in that capacity? With the writer's strike, 
and every and, and, and other variables does it look like this might be pushed to win? When can I start forecasting? I mean, I don't know. You know the business. Yeah, but things like if your sitcom gets picked up, you just don't know. So it's not okay. at that stage where it's where it's premature to, to talk about the show in that way at this point. Okay. You know, we haven't Got even it. shot a pilot. That Got it. I have several projects that are. Here's the thing. After a strike, they can just choose not to do shows that are on the air right now and cancel those. There's so much up in the air. But to answer the other question, I. I would like to return to television in some form, whether it's that show or something else. You know, I do like it for me. I have a lot of fans out there who, you know, like seeing me and stuff and want to see me do more things. I might do something closer to the election that's political, maybe in the talk show mm-hmm. type of thing, because I like doing that type of thing. Um, and I might do some more live shows out for the people, as we say. Mm-hmm. And I'm always developing mm-hmm. behind the scenes, you know, with different people and that kind of stuff too so always doing the multiple things but you can't i wish i had better answer for that you know you just there's That's no what I get over that stuff you, yeah and that requires an incredible things. amount of yeah incredible amount of patience that you have in our and in my business too uh, to a to a certain point but it's like so frustrating because we have to wait on everything to fall a certain way um and it requires you to have other now my business is doing the same, requires you to have other outlets. But the point being is that uh-huh. I feel like, and I, and I say this from the bottom of my heart, your humor, your wit, um, and quite frankly, just some oh, sensible thanks, conversation is missed, especially in the political arena. I think as we get ready to see this orange-faced man try to take over again, it would uh-huh. be nice to have someone uh-huh. who can, who can um, speak truth uh-huh. to power um, and still provide us with a, a bit of comedy relief because if you don't laugh, you'll cry <laughs> at the situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, the tangerine EDM meme is what I call it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah, yes, the orange Julius Caesar. So, you mad? Um, yeah, I agree with that. And you know, I'm very fortunate. I have a lot of different levers that I can push. You know, and mm-hmm. go into so. That's one of them that I have a lot of fans that really like to hear from me. So I'm really fortunate in that. And I haven't been doing a lot of weigh-ins on my podcast. I've just been doing the interviews because things have just been so divisive out there. But I am going to start doing more and speaking out more in some things because I know a lot of people want to hear that. I'm actually doing the class day speech at Harvard uh, next week. Mm-hmm. And I was, it's a... Uh, it's like the commencement speech, but this is chosen by the students. So that was kind of nice that they chose me to be their class. Congratulations. Uh, Congratulations. Congratulations, you know, Mr. Harvard. You know, some, <laughs> some, of us, some of us go to Dubai. Some of us go Mm-mm. to Harvard. What but. can we do? What can one do? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, what can one do? I forgot the last yeah. time we talked before you came on the show. We uh, Beyonce had blessed me with Dubai. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to London to see her in a couple of weeks, so I'll keep Ooh, you posted. Look at you! You just yeah, her you all need, around the world is what you do. Right? You I'm going to invite yeah. you to one of these shows so you can have this experience with me, Larry. Because I the reality is, once you do one of these shows, you're like, I see why I'm like you want to be better, Larry. I'm not kidding you. The Queen, as she started her, her concert this way. Yeah, it's it, but yes, you, we've got to step on out of our environment. You can't sit in your natural <laughs> box that you have and watch her. You always go to SoFi. I think SoFi new experience. You season ticket holder for the Rams. You got to be able to move Whoa. out of that location. I, I'm a hater. Whoa. I'm jealous because you've never invited me, and I'm hating. I, I, wow. Do you feel that hate? 
out of that animosity for no reason at all. <laughs> I know, man. Whoa. I'm always available for Crossing a home opener if needed, friend, if needed. Whatever. Whatever. No, I'm just, Thank you. I'm available. You're covering I'm it for available. Amazon, though, right? Aren't you doing No, that? no, no, no. That's Thursday Night Football. We don't do well. This year, we might do some coordination with Thursday Night Football. It's much more of a coordinated effort. But I don't want to do it while working. I want to be able to throw some yeah. back and talk trash. Is, is, is ESPN, like, neutered now? No, is, it's not. Is I think that that's now with no, no. What do you mean? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought uh-huh. you meant for me to work there. What do you mean neutered? Well, no, mean, I remember. Office? Well, you know, you know, Jamel famously had a lot of <laughs> kind of a run in with them and that kind of stuff. They were, you know, seemed like they had more content on their show talking about these issues. Now it seems a little more straightforward sports again. Yeah. That's what it just feels yeah. like to me. Where yeah. there's not yeah. as much. It doesn't feel like it's there's much there's you know, when politics are talking about it, it's really connected to something that actually happened in sports as opposed to, hmm. you know, issues or that type of thing. You said is it neutered? Yes. One hundred percent. They have a Jamel Hill rule in place. Like one hundred percent. There's a Jamel Hill rule in place. It's like actually called that? Yeah. Wow. It's a, a social media, but like no tweeting about politics. No. Um, and a part of that is is disheartening considering the time in which we live. This, we're in unprecedented times. Right. So I don't believe the old rules can apply. Um, and it to me wow. is essentially saying take away your blackness and work like I can't live in this in this country as a person of color and not feel affected by what I see day in and day out. And sometimes uh-huh. you can't separate the artist from the art, but sometimes you have to so you can say what you feel. It just feels like an obligation. Uh-huh. Like, even if I wasn't an anchor, I still would be like, uh-uh, no, let's go march. Like, how dare how dare you take away uh-huh. and marginalize my experience? Um, and unfortunately, I don't think that these companies have figured out a way to allow that to be. You definitely can't talk about it on GMA. You definitely can't talk about it on uh-huh. today's show. I also know they make you, they control your hair and what you wear and how much makeup you wear, how long your lashes are. Like it's a very, very like cookie cutter environment and they don't want to rock the boat. And anything that feels edgy is scary to them. Uh-huh. You know this better than I know this. Did uh-huh. think. Um, the great Larry Wilmore, thank you for taking an hour. I was only going to do 30 minutes and I didn't ran past, I ran past all your time. Thank you, my love. I appreciate you. Carrie, thanks so much. It's always so nice to talk to you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you all the time. So I love seeing you out there doing doing what you do. Just hustling to hustle. Um, I will text you and tell you Lakers and six one more time. We got to start. We have to start texting each other during these games. We got to, we got to keep it in the family. We got to keep ourselves together. Yeah, well, sometimes we got if, you're, we got if you're tweeting, I'll see your tweets and I'll answer some of that stuff like tweeting back. Oh, live tweeting can be know, fun too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, live tweeting is the best. I forget to reply because there's so much hate in the tweet. So I in my responses, oh, so, so I just so try not hate. to. So much, I just try like, not to. I'll look. go in and I'll, def, I'll defend you sometimes. <laughs> you're like, leave her <laughs> alone. You're so mean. Yeah, no. <laughs> I can't. I can't even get into it. So Come I'm like, I'm what's like, happening? Bring on, bring on the Laker like, hate. I don't care. Bring it. Up, <laughs> bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, Larry Wilmore on the podcast today. Thank you for being naked. You can put your clothes back on. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary. I forgot to mention this as we wrap up this podcast. Uh, we already know 
that I am a diehard Laker fan. I did not, I did not say something um, at the top of this podcast that I wanted to. I wanted to really, really make sure that we pay attention to greatness and greatness fatigue. Um, I believe that although we know LeBron is great, he does not get his just due. I feel as if people are like, well, he's old, he's old. The man has been great for 20 years. And sometimes the part of being great is just being consistent. The enemy of excellence is a good job. The enemy of excellence is great job. If you do a great job, you're not excellent. Isn't that crazy? And what you and I often fail to remember is that LeBron is always excellent. The fact that he's able to get his teams, teams that were, i.e. my Lakers, 2-10 and 10 at the beginning of the year with less than a 30% chance to make any type of playoffs, he has this team in the Western Conference Finals. And while he may not have been the person to make the shots, the team moves as he moves. So I want to make sure that if you know anybody in your life who's consistently excellent, acknowledge them. Just acknowledge them. Just say, you know what? You're consistently ex excellent. You're consistently doing above and beyond. You're consistently better than just great. Because being consistent is the hardest thing you can do in life, in any aspect of your life. And so I thank LeBron. Hell, for that matter, I think Beyonce. I thank her too, because she is consistently excellent. And when you see people like that, you know it can be done. And it just should motivate you. It should make you want to be consistent at something. Not necessarily singing or dancing or playing basketball, but something. Be consistent and be excellent. That's my TED Talk. I will talk to you all next week. Bye. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You.